podcasting the final audio frontier. These are the legends of Brown Squadron. Our computer is picking up a strange signal. Here, sir, you, you better take a look at it. The ongoing mission to explore the Star Wars universe and other nerd culture topics, to seek new content and new cantinas, bars, and lounges, to boldly annoy Scruffy by making too many bad jokes. Welcome to the Hyperspace Heroes Podcast. So in honor of uh, Keenan Malloy, Mr. Andy Circus's birthday, I thought we would do a quick uh, rem- safety reminder to everybody out there. Just remember that summer season, uh, water... Uh, recreation is coming up, so remember to wear your swim fins, your swim rings, whatever safety devices you need to uh, survive uh, swimming no, around in the they're, water. They're called water wings. Water put wings. Them on, put put yeah. them on your arms. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah. So get your water wings. And with that, let's get into the show. Welcome to Hyperspace Heroes. This is Brown Leader signing in. Who else do we have tonight? Brown two. Brown four signing in. Brown seven. Brown eight. All right, welcome back, guys. We've got uh, uh, Sprocket and Skidmark, the Yubcast guys. <laughs> Matt and Jamie from Yubcast, welcome back, guys. Uh, it's been, I think, about a year since we had you last on. And uh, what have you guys been up to? Can't believe Skidmark is your call sign. <laughs> <laughs> Why would it not be? <laughs> I'm actually jealous. That's brilliant. <laughs> it is actually. Um, what have we been, uh, just yeah yeah what have you guys been up to the last <laughs> last year or so <laughs> um man i don't just you know just like star wars or just like you want to know like about like the backyard that we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you want to go into the backyard but no like in terms with yubcast you know what have you guys oh okay yeah, yeah. we've just been um we've just been plugging along it's you know, it's um, we've been trying to do it a little bit more uh, frequently. You know, like setting up a specific time. That's been kind of a, a thing uh, that we've uh, had a problem with. Is that you know, like you know, he's on one side of the coast, I'm on or one side of the country, I'm on the other side of the country, and then we always have something going on. So it's it's uh, we've been finally kind of coming to um, we've been finally getting a rhythm going to where like. You know, Sunday nights, you know, we'll record uh, and we can start, you know, regularly get stuff out there. So we've been, you know, been able to do that. And uh, we're only like slightly behind versus way behind. Um, you know, we've been doing uh, Clone Wars and then we moved on to um, Bad Batch. And just like anytime there's something awesome about Star Wars that we just want to talk about, uh, we'll do it. I don't know. Did I just steal yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just making sure I'm unmuted. No, that that's about right. Like we've been we've been trying to be consistent, trying to put together like a like a reasonable product out there and focusing again just on making sure that our our shows are about the cartoons and we're talking right now about how to 
elaborate on that even more um, and get get more reviews of the shorts in there, like the Lego shorts or or like the Grogu and the Dust Bunnies things. Or we did Vision, we did Visions Volume One, we did Tales of the Jedi. Um, we've done I think 14 or 15 Clone Wars episodes, and we're we just released today. Um, episode 10 of um, Bad Batch Season 2. Um, so we're, we're just we're in our sweet spot, right? There's so much Star Wars animation happening right now. It's super easy to generate content and we have something like 200 episode backlog to get through. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> man. We have 100 episodes of Clone Wars left to get through alone and we i mean and all of rebels and all of resistance and we don't know what we're gonna do about the lego stuff but eventually you know they'll stop making star wars one day when it's no longer profitable never gonna happen yeah did you get did you guys both see resistance i did i saw first season i started watching the second season my son caught me um, <laughs> and so i have not finished it <laughs> All right, so just curiosity, short and sweet. What did you guys think of Resistance? Um, I'll go. So it's it's very Disneyfied. I'll put it that way. Um, I think so. My positivity hat on. I think it it had a lot of interesting characters in it, and it's fun. It's fun from a Star Wars point of view to to be focused on a setting more like a sitcom is where you're always going to the same job or the same house or living in the same town rather than say like a Mandalorian series where you're basically any any episode could be on any planet at any time for any reason and so I know they're setting up Mando to be sort of, sort of like has gun will travel um, which means any episode can be anything when you have like a we've talked about this with Ewoks too versus droids Ewoks versus droids. Ewoks took place in a town, um, and so you saw characters interact more with one another. Whether or not that's an effective strategy for a cartoon, we can debate all day, but I don't hate it. I didn't hate it like everybody seemed to. I think characters like Nico can get on people's nerves, which was like the, the mechanic who is probably meant to be like socially awkward to the point of being on the spectrum, but I think it had it has its place. I guess I'll put it that way. It's not my favorite, but there's things in it that I really liked, and I, I sort of wish they would do a third season because they sort of left it on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. I don't really get why, other than it wasn't popular. The premise sounded awesome, right? It's like we're gonna have like a pre-war sort of aviation club, and they're gonna end up being in the war, it's made me feel like Rocketeer almost, right? It's going to be like all these aviation buffs hanging out in a bar trying to push the envelope and then sort of get drafted into shooting Nazis. Everyone's up for that, right? <laughs> um, right. <laughs> but it, it never really materialized like that. But I think it's cool to... One of my criticisms of Episode 1, for example, is when there's an occupation of Naboo, you don't see Nabooians getting pushed around um, by battle droids. You don't see like concentration camps or internment camps mm-hmm. or anything like that. You're mm-hmm. just like, oh, they're suffering, and you know it because Seal Bibble said it. 
in a hologram, right? Our mm -hmm. people are suffering, but you don't see it. Resistance showed what an occupying force would do, right? They're kicking over crates and arresting people arbitrarily and just being jackasses. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, um, not having finished it, I can only go off of the first uh, season that says that I like the art style. I'm I'm always a fan when a cartoon will just kind of go out there and do something different. Or like even like video games that have like a different, you know, less traditional art style. Um, it was, once I get off my high horse and just kind of let myself enjoy things, it was enjoyable. You know, Nico was very just kind of like, oh boy, he's going to do something stupid again. But once once it got towards the end, and, and it started coinciding with the events of uh, episode seven. I thought that was that that was excellent. That that reminded me very much of uh, what I liked so much about the book Lost Stars, is where it's like you get you get something that you saw in a movie, a slightly different perspective um, uh, of what's happening. And so for me, that I thought I really I really enjoyed that, and I liked the idea of like. Uh, the, uh, is it Captain Doza? Is that his name? Yeah. The, yeah. you know, he's a former Imperial, you know, he's just, he's just trying to do his job. He doesn't want any part of that sort of stuff anymore. So shows that they're not all, you know, you know, um, pieces of crap. Um, and, you know, Kaz is, is all right. Um, it was, overall, it was great. And I like the, just the idea of just like the big ship and just, like, like, uh, like the, the, oh, what was the, what was the big monster in, in it? Oh, uh, yeah. Epo or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it had its, okay. yeah, it had its moments where I wasn't, you know, once I let my guard down, I could definitely enjoy it. There's a reference to, there's a callback or a reference to Resistance in the Ahsoka trailer. I don't know if you guys caught that or not, but one of, in the hologram of Mon Mothma, when... When you oh, see yeah. them all standing there, one of the senators is Kaz's father, Senator Duciona. Oh wow! No, I, I missed that. that. Yeah, we it's Did uh, I? yeah we we talked about it on our uh, a couple episodes like last episode or something where we went over the Ahsoka trailer. It's the guy in green standing right next to Mon Mothma. And so it's a there. That's the kind of stuff I live for in Star Wars. It's like I want I yes. want it all to be like stitched together, even yep. superficially, like stitch it together, right? And you mm -hmm. see, you see Kaz's father. Well, you don't see him because he's in a scrambled hologram, but you hear his voice um, in Resistance, and it's just fun. And that that kind of stuff I just love absolutely. Do that all the time, please. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. That. That's one of the things I'm loving about the Bad Batch was some of the. Bringing some of that stuff together, Tarkin. Uh, you know, you hear them mention Project Stardust. Mm, yeah. And Eric Kanan. Kanan's where Kanan came from. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a lot of uh, untapped potential if they had done further seasons of, of Resistance to coincide with the sequel trilogy that could have made both that show and the sequel trilogy even better. You know, if they had kept intersecting with galactic events. Um, yeah, and that's one, that's one thing um, Star Wars has been good at is like putting out kind of a meh product 
but then having all sorts of like 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 shows comics books this that fill it out and be like oh that totally makes sense now even though it's kind of a little revisionist but it's just like yeah okay i could see that and i'm pretty sure that there will eventually be more stuff like like resistance that will just kind of flesh everything out like um the book was shadow of the sith made um made a ray's um origin make a make a lot more sense um so i i'm confident that they'll intersperse um stuff like that in there that you know that that we can look back you know be like oh that totally makes sense why they did this stupid thing in the movie i do think resistance was sort of a casualty of the prequel mess where they were switching directors and switching directions and didn't have a plan it was the perfect it was really the perfect platform to set up anything you wanted Right, because it was a streaming, it was a streaming show, um, or at least the second season was a streaming show. The first season was on a network, but but it was a streaming show. You, it was a cartoon. You basically had an unlimited budget. You could have done anything. They even like hunt Sith artifacts in that show, and it's like you could have. It was so perfect to tie it into the Last Jedi or the Rise of Skywalker, but they just didn't have a plan. And this was the thing. We don't have to talk about the sequel trilogy but but this is just a thing right that it didn't they didn't have a plan and so the show probably became a liability to them rather than an asset so they just like we're not going to do a third season because we just fired all the writers and directors for the ninth movie mm-hmm. <laughs> right so what are we, what are we going to do we can't have the a flagship tv show contradict a cinema cinematic movie and the conclusion to the Skywalker saga, so we're just going to bury it. And, the, and now I guess this whole crew is in hyperspace someplace on this giant space station. <laughs> and I was really hoping they would show up in like the battle at the end of Episode Nine, just in the background. Well, um, in that, the novelization, awesome. in the novelization, they're there. Oh, that's right. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Really, Amy. <laughs> Yeah, they um, remember in the books. <laughs> yeah, when um, at the end when everybody shows up, mm-hmm. um, you hear uh, Kaz uh, say something, and then uh, then he's told to shut up, basically. Um, <laughs> oh, so it's just like an episode of Resistance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, oh, I, that's awesome. I was yeah. just curious. Is uh, yeah, these guys know I wasn't very kind to it. It just kind of drug on for me, but. Well, and I, I, you know, like Matt said, I think it was the Disneyfied it, you know, and oh. I, I know for me it was the fact that, you know, and they tried to go, they tried to go down some darker story uh, stories, you know, kind of emulating Clone Wars a little bit. But I think what really did it for me was Kaz just never really progressed, you know, I mean, he never uh, hit a single person with a blaster at the beginning of the show, and he never hit anybody with a hand blaster at the end of the show. And he was the same goofy uh, uh, goof off from the beginning to the end. I mean, he had some kind of superficial character growth, but I just don't think it was enough to. It, it was like they were. It was like they were still trying to leave it, still trying to leave it for little kids instead of going after the core audience. You know? Yeah. Which just, is what, which is what Bad Batch did right, right from the get go. They didn't suffer seasons 
you know, one of Rebels and one of Clone Wars, where it was a little kind of rocky, they just la- they knew what they were doing and they just launched right into it, and and gave they knew who the fans were that were going to watch it. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I completely forgot about how like kind of incompetent Kaz was for like he's supposedly <laughs> like an ace fighter pilot in the New Republic. You don't, you know, like our military doesn't put you know, uh, ding-dongs, you know, in F-18s, you know, all those guys, all those people are hard chargers, you know, they're, so it's just like thinking that somehow he, you know, was able to, they just kind of let, you know, somebody incompetent, you know, Mm you know, you know, in the military as an aviator, it's kind of like, that's where it's just kind of like little kid suspension of disbelief sort of thing, he's like, Okay. All right. All right. Fine. Yeah, but, he was like top dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in retrospect, after the after the Pershing episode of Mando, um, maybe it was planned all along. Maybe that was the first sign of 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 them showing us that the New Republic was incompetent because they were putting uh, their ace pilots were acting like that. Maybe. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe and, it all um, does. Maybe it is all linked after all. <laughs> yeah. The the book. Uh, uh, bloodlines pretty much shows that they're just like it it very much like mirrors like our political environment where nothing's getting done you've got you got some people who are very you know like secretly they long for like the days of the empire um certain then there's people that don't there's people that want like strong government there's people that want less you know government and then there's just people inside the government who are just they don't want anything to happen because they're just waiting for the first order. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, any other comments about resistance? No. I did pull up my Cavs action figure. <laughs> nice. Yes. He's got one and then he's got a spare. <laughs> I do like how the action figures were, were stylized after the cartoon, you know, a lot more lanky and, and cartoonish it was kind of interesting yeah the Tartabosky clone the Tartabosky Clone Wars toy line yes. same way it was very stylized yeah. after the Samurai Jack Tartabosky style mm-hmm. and I, I love it when they do that I love it when they lean in like that my last comment on resistance is since since we've been Jamie and I really like Clone Wars a lot um, that's sort of sort of a show that we weren't watching in real time when it was out but mm-hmm. retrospectively like we've gone back and watched it a few times and I just think I really think it's probably one of the best things Lucas ever did and we talked a lot about it in some of our and um, I had reason to re- listen back to the Clone Wars movie episodes that we did recently and there's some there's some points I made in that recording where I said that you couldn't make a Clone Wars today because of the costs that Lucas incurred to get that off the ground. And I asked Jamie on that that recording, how much do you think it costs to make a minute of Clone Wars in the beginning? And do any of you know or want to no. guess? No. <laughs> Wasn't it like fifty thousand a minute or something? Yep, that's it. It's fifty thousand dollars a minute. And I learned that because I listened to Yubcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was in the beginning, it was fifty thousand dollars a minute to make it, and like not only did not only did he shell out the money to do that, 
they marketed it so poorly at the time mm-hmm. that they barely had any press about it. And 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 he was taking his time with that series. There are four episode arcs in that series. And he also told them out of order because it's Lucas and he just has that Yoda thing where he can't <laughs> tell you a story in the right order. Yeah. Right? But but he was doing four and five episode arcs and he would sprinkle those episodes across two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. Right? So you'd have to watch them out of order and reassemble them later. It's such an aggravating way to, to treat your audience. But when you get to Resistance, which is three cartoon series later, there there's not a single... There might be one two-part episode. Mm-hmm. It's so breakneck per episode and it's, it's so fast... It, the story, the action is not fast-paced, but the stories are so fast-paced that it's it turns into slapstick. Every single action is slapstick. Get I think show. that's a great description. Show. Slapstick. And you know, oh. I, I did not watch Clone Wars in real time either. And when I sat down, and I think it was, uh, you know, when the world stopped for COVID, I started to marathon this thing and I did I, I, I went and found a list of chronology for it and I did watch them in order because I had tried to watch season one and I'm like they're all over the place but when you watch it in order it's pretty darn good mm-hmm. see I watched it in real time as they were released so I still have yet to watch it in actual order one of these days I need to do that but yeah, it was a little a little much being out of order like that. Well, anyway, I think we got way off topic, but no, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're off topic. No, we're we're talking all Star Wars animation, so really there is no off topic, honestly. Um, so here's uh, my top ten Ewoks episodes. <laughs> all right, <laughs> give them to me. You know, speaking of which, we've only gotten I think you guys have only done one Ewoks episode, uh, right? And uh, you guys have only rolled a one once. Yeah, we only we've only done we've only released one. We did record, I think, fourteen that we never released. Way back, right? <laughs> yeah, that was like that was right before like it's like two thousand eighteen, right before I got the new dog. Like, it, yeah, we got this we we got this humongous uh, pit bull that I had to walk like a mile and a half, you know, constantly at night, and that was. It just made it impossible for us to record in our normal nights, and then we kind of slowly fell off uh, the wagon a little bit. So yeah, we we considered not doing the show anymore um, because we had we had the the recording issues, and then COVID happened, and we just didn't record for almost two years, effectively. And then I wasn't doing any editing because it seemed silly. Like it was one of those things where the further out you got, the less sense it made to actually go back. Yeah. Right. But the thing, the thing that Jamie doesn't know yet, because we decided that we would go through all of Bad Batch and then return to Clone Wars, is that since we haven't rolled the die in 16 episodes, we're going to roll the die 16 times. Yes. <laughs> I am so looking forward to this. Good luck with that. I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I enjoyed the Ewoks episode. It was, uh, um, it was, it was a fun one to listen to. Well, I do. So. I do want to like when we when we decided to do the show originally, um, we thought it would be smart to basically practice, like how to do a podcast yeah. on 
droids, right? Like, let's figure out how, how this thing works before we do something we care about, like Clone Wars. Um, but I've, I've actually been going back and listening to those old episodes because I'm trying to build, like, a history library for us, like, so we know which characters we picked, which quotes we used, mm -hmm. and what we talked about. Um, and the audio quality of those episodes are bad because we don't know, we didn't know what we were doing. Mm -hmm. But the content, I'm really proud of that content. And nobody, as far as I know, I don't know of another Star Wars podcast that has systematically reviewed all the droids. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get these guys to do it. Not Definitely not at the level that we've done it. Because right. we our, our analysis of cartoons is almost line by line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I brought it up a couple of times and they started talking Star Trek to me, so <laughs> it, was, it was over after that. Scruffy, you're breaking up. What was that? Can't hear you. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh, uh, kind of how it goes right there yeah. hey we're, we're 25 minutes into this and I haven't made a truck reference once so you're doing good today <laughs> damn proud of you hey although, guys you, you know although Trek, I... did, Trek did do an animated series in the 70s mm -hmm. just saying and here we go I'd and... rather speaking of droids let's go back to droids um... thank you <laughs> no uh, although I will say, just so we can get it out, get it out and over with, uh, the Picard finale, there was a Return oh of the Jedi, a Return of the Jedi sequence in there that uh, definitely uh, stuck uh, right out to me. Yeah, but, like a sore thumb. Yeah, like a big sore thumb. But anyway, did a Klingon kill a Twilight for not dancing good enough? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but Worf does get all the good lines in the series. Yeah, he does. I'll make um, it a threesome. Yeah, <laughs> you did say that. You've seen it then. Yes. <laughs> I have not, but it's fine. I'll watch it eventually. I am not a hater. I, I just haven't. I don't have Paramount Plus right now. Right. I don't have Paramount Plus either, and I have no intention of getting it. And I'm not really a hater. I do love all the, all the actual Star Trek movies. I even like the original motion picture, the original first one. And everybody I know hates that one. I like like that one. I just can't do the TV show for some reason, and I don't know why. I'm a big tent sci-fi guy. The only sci-fi, the only major sci-fi fran franchise I've never gotten into is Babylon Five. Oh mm -hmm. yes, I've never watched it. I couldn't get into it. I tried. Mm -hmm. I tried. I think I watched five minutes of it, and I'm like, nope, I'm done. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Deuces. then I guess the other one is. I, I like some of Doctor Who, but a lot of Doctor Who I just find very strange and unappealing. But... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tried that. You know, like, um, I just, like, sat down, like, uh, I think it's on Netflix. Um, and I'm like, okay, let's Wonderful. do this, because my sister loves it. Uh, a friend of mine loves it. So I'm like, okay, I need something to, you know, occupy the time, my time, because I don't want to spend it with my family. So I watched an episode, and then it's just like, uh, oh, 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 okay, okay. And then by the second episode, I was just like, um, yeah, let's do something else. Let's go, uh, let's go hang out with the family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doctor Who really is, it's, it's, a, it's an actor thing. Everybody has their doctor and not necessarily care about the rest. Like, I, I like David Tennant's version. But I didn't care for Matt Smith's version, so it's it's, it's a tough show to get into. Back Very. back to Star Wars animation, uh, <laughs> Wayne Huang. Yep. Yep. And there's a connection. 
and we'll be in and we'll be in live action uh, in Ahsoka. You know, uh, Brown Leader, you you wanted to get back to droids, and, and I'll segue into that with, do you know what the droids show was missing was R five. Because, Absolutely. Because oh, yeah. he's the new hero, but I mean, of course, that was made 30 years ago. But hey. Right. Who we now know has leg rockets, like other astromechs, except R2. Uh, so, which was very I, odd. I have to say, I love what they did with R5. Just when they first introduced him, he had, like, oil stains mm-hmm. right where, I guess, his motivator blew. Yep, yep, yep. yep. There was still all that scoring there, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So was like, that, was that was awesome. Just, that was such a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. And now we know he's got some sort of secret past because he was active in the rebellion, according to the storyline. So there's story to be told there. That's a reference to the book of short stories from a certain point of view. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so. like R R two convinces him to to do something, so R two gets picked instead of him. Ah. Yeah. Yep. R2 Where... talks like a little kid when <laughs> Jamie hits this book. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh well, they also made a reference. They also inferred that uh he worked with Tiva for a while. So or he worked with Tiva at some point uh, as indicated in one of the episodes, but um let's go back to animation. So Bad Batch just wrapped up. Um Bad Batch season 2. And one of the things we wanted to talk about was just, you know, what was all of our thoughts? We've done all of our review episodes of the show, um, but since you guys are the animated professionals uh, in the podcasting universe, we wanted to bring you in and, uh, yeah, see what, see, just kind of have some conversation on what you guys thought about the Bad Batch Season 2. I thought, I thought it was great. You know, I, I I'm... Uh, probably the first one to complain about filler episodes uh, and there were maybe some that could be considered it but you know talking with Matt and thinking about it that it's not really that bad and and honestly you know I'm not I'm not a writer but I can think of like times where I had to write speeches in school or presentations for work and then like I, I write like a few sentences and like okay there's my speech and like oh wait that's that's not going to do I've got to I've got to fluff this thing out. So I, you know, I, they probably knew exactly like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Like, okay, we can't just tell that story. We've got to, we've got to make it a little bit more interesting. So, you know, putting in little things here and there that are kind of sidetracks, but not really. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. And it, it turned out a lot more grim than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, especially oh. uh, for, for a kid's, well, not a kid's show, but Very you know, nice something that kids would definitely be watching um, to our, you know, like Clone Wars, uh, like levels of just like, oof, you know, like a real, you know, gut punch, you know, and uh, certain things. I think, I think Jamie and mine's dynamic and I think I, I do our Twitter feed. Um, I think, I think my, my Star Wars feeling is everyone needs to calm down. Right? <laughs> yeah. Everyone just shut up and calm down for a second. And I think Jamie and my dynamic is a little bit like Jamie will see an episode where they deal with the tsunami, and that's the whole episode. Right. Be like, like, what happened? And be like, I don't know, Star Wars happened? Like, (laughs) and then we talk about it for a little bit, and we're like, okay, yeah, that was actually sort of fun. Right. But 
I think we can be critical of it without being negative. Um, but overall, the se the series season two um, gave me just about everything I wanted in a in a cartoon series, um, including just a ton of I know it's a bad word sometimes on here, but character development for <laughs> like in the first in the first season, Tech and Echo take such a backseat to yeah. Yeah. Wrecker and Hunter and Omega. And in this season, we get two really heartfelt tech episodes, and then they kill him. Mm -hmm. Right, one day from retirement. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe they killed him. Yeah, maybe. maybe they killed him. Nobody, nobody seems to die from falls, um, or lightsaber stabs, yeah. or being cut yeah. in half, or yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. pretty much. Our, our yeah. theory on this show is that characters are dead only as long as uh, Dave Filoni needs them to be. And then uh, then they make that's, their comeback. So Yeah. Plot armor is a real thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that, that's good criticism, right? But it's also, it doesn't lessen the stakes of Tech falling to his death and, and his right. like sacrifice of of saying like whatever his last line was when when was when have we ever followed orders or something mm -hmm. like that yeah. it's really affecting and that i didn't think that they were going to kill a major character um and i don't know if he's going to stay dead i wouldn't be surprised either way honestly but good for them mm -hmm. right like good for them for really really applying some stakes at least temporarily Especially in like a season finale, it's sort yeah. of like in Rise of Skywalker when they blow up the transport ship. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, they killed Chewie. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had that moment. I'm like, you killed the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. I was just like, yeah. Oh no, Chewie's dead. It's like, oh, it's 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 on. It's like it's right. like it's like beheading Ned Stark. Anybody's open. You know, mm -hmm. anybody can. You know. It's, it's on, and then they're kind of like, mm, yeah. I almost like, got up and walked out. <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm done. I know. You know I, w I was sitting in the theater right next to you, and I'm like, uh, no, 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 no. Did they? No, no, no. Yeah, for a long time. I don't know which one of us cried. I think one of us cried out loud. Uh, like, no. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I did. <laughs> well, you know, a rule of thumb for live action is that... Uh, they're never going to kill off a costume character. You can shove somebody else in the suit and, and keep the story going. <laughs> That's a good point. Mm -hmm. But if we if we want to talk about like the things that Jamie back to Bad Batch, the things that Jamie and I have talked about for years, and like when I say years, I mean like we've been talking about Star Wars for over a decade, almost daily. The one of the plot points that Jamie and I have talked about during that time is where are the clones mm -hmm. where are they and this this ser this season as we just recorded the episode the outpost okay the review of the mm -hmm. outpost that's the last one we did and we're going to do the next one um on sunday um if we don't do a mando wrap-up We'll talk about that, Jamie. Um, <laughs> but we just did the outpost, and and we decided like like this is the exact story we always wanted to know. Like we wanted to like what happens to them is they just get ground in beef, right? Like they're just cannon fodder. They're just getting abused, neglected, and outright shot by the Empire, and that's where they are. 
Like they just they're just a an expendable asset at this point. And it is so tragic but perfect to to showcase the atrocity of not to get political or historical, but the atrocities of like a fascist empire. Right. Like they they just don't care about mm-hmm. anybody. It is all just meat. Yeah, yeah. We talked about this um, at our, our last recording about how it's you know, I mean, some of them they're using them for medical experiments. Right. Um, that's that is Nazi stuff. You know, one oh one. It's just bananas. I you know, I always thought that you well, know, I'd never. It never crossed my mind that it would just be like, oh, they're just gonna just, they're gonna turn on them and just slowly just destroy them, use them for medical experiments, you know, do you know, do whatever to them. I, I never considered that, but now that we've seen it, it's like, of course they did, because that's what those type of people do. Well, and they show us that, and they verbalize it through Tarkin. They verbalize it through. Uh... I can't remember the character's name. The other... Uh... Rampart? Rampart, thank you. Yep. Yeah, they just show that that is the prevailing thought through the Imperial leadership is, you know, we can do with whatever... They keep calling them Imperial property. You know? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about it. We talked about it in our last recording, which will be out whenever I get around to it, I guess. Um, about, about what dehumanizing characteristics of enemies, right? There's... There's the idea of like one of the enemy, one of the villains you can fight in a story is a swarm, right? So it's just like waves and waves of soldiers. But but if there's actually been psychological studies done on humans, and it says the things that humans will have really high tolerance for the death of are insects, like you guys did Battlestar. No, what is it? What's the the insect? Starship troopers. troopers. Starship troopers, right? Yeah. You can shoot as many bugs as you want, and there's no emotional attachment from humans about it. Mm-hmm. Second one is zombies. You can shoot as many zombies as you want, and and humans don't care. Robots, Nazis, right? These are the categories of swarms that people don't care about. And clones and clones and stormtroopers in Star Wars with their helmets on. Right, they're faceless automatons. Right, yeah. you can just mow them down, mm-hmm. and so it's really it's really leaning into this psychology. It's like we don't care about them, and they have to show us, like, like Crosshair's helmet gets knocked off, and then he loses his identity as a soldier, and then he shoots his commanding officer. Mm-hmm. Right, he's no longer this mindless robot that's been programmed by the Empire. He's an individual. And and this is the this is the challenge with Clone Wars and Bad Batch is they have to show us the clones' individuality so we actually care about it when they die, when Mayday dies. I think that's a super effective death because it's because it's sort of the period on Crosshair's evolution from good soldiers follow orders to no screw this I'm done, right? Like like you don't like I don't have to participate in this abusive relationship anymore. And I'm going to finally turn on you. And guess what? I'm a trained killer with no remorse. So mm-hmm. I'm going to kill you. This is like the whole, like these political machinations again. It's like you create these monsters you can't control, right? It's the it's the whole Frankenstein story, where it's like it's like yeah, I wound up, I wound up a bunch of people, and now they're gonna go invade the capital. Oops. <laughs> 
right? And right. sorry if I got a little too political, but nope. it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like it's like you like you can't expect that you have any control over this thing you've unleashed, and now Crosshair is targeting them. Like we don't know what's going to happen to him in Mount Tantus, but he has no loyalty left. Right. Like what, it's the it's the shaft line in the movie. He's like, I heard you're not a cop anymore, and he says, Does that make me more dangerous or less dangerous? Mm-hmm. More dangerous, obviously, it's, right? Because yeah. he's no longer bound by anything. Yeah, yeah. That that's the the arc I've always enjoyed of Clone Wars was always that band of brothers, you know, getting to know the personalities. And yeah, and I agree with you. That's what made has made this season so tragic. Uh, enjoyably tragic, you know, finding out what's going on to them uh, or with them. Because, yeah, they had to transition. And we talked about that, too. In, after season one, we wanted to see more of that. We wanted to see that transition of from New Republic or from Republic uh, to Empire, Empire days. And, uh, yeah, I hadn't thought about the Hive uh, theory when it comes to Stormtroopers, because you're right. Nobody cares when Stormtroopers are getting blasted left and right. Well, yeah, going all the way back to the first season of Clone Wars, the clone troopers always saw each other as individuals, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? And even when we get into, you know, the most recent episodes of Bad Batch, the Imperial hierarchy is still referring to them by their designations mm-hmm. rather than names. So, it, you know, it just adds to everything you just said, Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, the, and then to take it forward to the end of the season, when Tech, when Tech dies, if you if you watch those episodes multiple times, it's Tech's idea to go on this mission. He's the mm-hmm. one that pushes for it. Mm-hmm. He pushes to go there, to to basically trust that Crosshair is actually in danger, and and he's the one that like pays like the consequence for it, right? right. The, the most immediate consequence. But it's it's so fascinating to me that they they at least temporarily killed a major character. They they it's almost like the echo leaving the team was a kind of foreshadowing for the team completely dissolving. Yeah. And now, like, who's left? It's basically Wrecker, Hunter, and Omega, mm-hmm. right? And they're all prisoners. I guess they're all back together, but they're all prisoners in Tantus. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's. I mean, and something, and we know something's got to happen to them. We know something. Either they disappear or they die because you know there's no real clone presence in the OT, which we all know why that is. I mean, because you know it was long before any of this was developed. But uh, you know they've got to they've got to wrap up the story somehow. And unfortunately, when you're talking about war and soldiers and things, a lot of time that and changing of regimes and everything that involves death. Yeah, it's right. still curious to me. Like, obviously, it's not it's not real, but I just think that they that they're like too quick to get rid of them because, like, the the, the time period is like you haven't you don't have enough stormtroopers who are like battle hardened, like um, to you know kind of like take their place. So, like, what, the fact that they're accelerating. Um, you know, getting rid of them so fast is—I just find it—I find it interesting as well, because um, you know they—they they obviously, you know, 
they're they're showing that they want to have the stormtroopers. They want to get rid of the clones. Mm-hmm. I was like, you still need the clones because there's all these skirmishes. Well, they say they're skirmishes. You know, could very well just be you know. I, I don't want to put a tinfoil hat on. You know, you know the Empire's version of false flags to you know get people scared to uh, to uh, you know to be happy. You know, like. With a boot on their neck. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie doesn't think um, blaster bolts melt steel. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, I think a lot of the th- Empire thought right now, though, is we have the Death Star, the future Death Star coming, and that is our way of controlling everyone versus a huge army. Of course, they need the huge army because we all know how A New Hope ends. Mm-hmm. The I think the other the other. Th- point would be um, the unstated major premise of what Jamie just said is that they replace it with a competent army and the joke is is that they're not a competent army right right they're they miss they're disorganized and all this stuff maybe this is part of why because they disbanded the previous army too quickly and there's no transfer of knowledge or skill mm-hmm. between the forces yeah it's we we've talked in the past how like it's like they went from like you know like competent you know like like army rangers to just like i don't know a bunch of like um french foreign legion (laughs) well those guys are pretty uh tough but just like guys are like they don't they just need enforcers they don't need right like shock troopers they i mean they still have some that are like super competent like you know like death troopers and some mm-hmm. stormtroopers um, are competent, but they just need numbers, you know? Right. They, you know, it's like, uh, it's kind of, um, they just need a lot of bodies just to throw at the meat grinder. Yeah, and, you know, and I think that was one of the cool little underlying um, things in the finale of Andor when you have the riot going on and the Imperial troops, which are all young troops. You know, this is post-Clone Wars era. They're all, you know, none of them, uh, really none of them are old enough to have fought in the Clone Wars. And so they're not really battle-hardened. And the 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 fight just becomes a, an absolute mess because the Imperial troops really don't know what they're doing. They're not used to this kind of, uh, you know, and they haven't really had to be much of enforcers either uh, because they've had the threat of the, the Imperial uh Empire's had, like you said, the boot on the neck for a while and has already cowed people that when true resistance kind of popped up, they didn't really know because they didn't get that transfer of, of knowledge appropriately, you know, and the Empire didn't invest the time and the funds because uh, in the end they're going for what they think is a cheaper solution uh, of, you know, by getting rid of the clones and going to conscripted uh, soldiers. But you, I... I definitely like that tie-in with Andor because that battle was just an absolute mess in oh, terms yeah. of organization from the Empire side. Yeah, and I always I love the fact that like the first blow against the Empire is that uh, Brazo just smashing one with a brick in the mm-hmm. face. Yes. That's how that's 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 how you treat a Nazi. That's right. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, and I now have a have a pact that. Uh, Whichever one of us dies first, the other one has to hit a fascist in the face with a brick made of our ashes. <laughs> <laughs> brick Brasso, man. I love the character. 
that was a great scene, and he's a great character. I want to see more of him in uh, hopefully in the second season of Andor. I know, I know, Andor has been sort of a controversial topic in in your group, but uh, I <laughs> I ate it up. You know, I I'm not one of these people who thinks that everything needs to be like Andor um, moving forward, but it's 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 like it's like Star Wars Visions, right? Mm -hmm. You get a bunch of different interpretations of art styles and tones and and kinds of Star Wars stories. We needed we needed a West Wing sort of Munich style Star Wars where mm -hmm. it was like a slow thriller where it's like yeah they're having tea but this they might talk for 20 minutes drinking tea but he's got a pistol under the table he's probably gonna shoot this guy in the eye <laughs> I, i'm perfectly fine watching them camp in a goat field for an episode <laughs> if it means i get to see the eye of aldani and that fat imperial has a heart attack he's so scared about <laughs> losing the money it's so brilliant it's such good storytelling yeah, the, and the thing is that, uh, not to get political, but I mean, Star Wars has always kind of been political, is that it shows the true, like, like I mean, there's Darth Vader, there's the Emperor, there's Tarkin, and there's other people who are genuinely evil. Mm -hmm. And then you just got the people just doing their jobs. Yep. Doing shitty things. Those right. are the ones that really make bad shit happen. And it was just, it's just, it was good to, it, it was a good show to kind of spotlight that, 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 like, oh, it's you know, it's it's not you know, Darth Vader being everywhere at once, be, people being scared of him and doing atrocious things. Now it's just regular people doing awful things. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, back to Bad Batch. Let's. Uh, one of the things that was. Um, you know, I'm, there were lots of theories. I know we were theorizing about it constantly during the season, but uh, and they 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 only kind of hint started hinting at some things. But Omega, what is she? You know, thoughts. I originally had a theory that she was Ray's mom, but kind of shadows of like the book Shadows of the Sith kind of like you know ruined that. Um, I, do, I don't know because especially now that there's a second female Jango Fett clone well is she a clone though the, the, uh, what do you call her scruffer red red goggles um, <laughs> yeah red goggles Emery Emery that's what it was Emery. Emery. yeah Emery yep so is she a clone though she didn't say she was a clone she just said that no, they were she said sisters. she's Omega's sister so she could very well be uh, she could very well be the DNA, part of the DNA created that you was used to create Omega. Because the direct on... replication of uh, Django or any replication of Django would have been male. Um, talk to Matt on that. Yeah, I mean the the unfortunate. We can talk about cloning if you really want to. Um, <laughs> this is my field. Uh, oh this, yes. So I, I, I know we've never talked about it but I have, I have a phd in molecular biology and i'm a professional scientist and i've generated in my life um tens of thousands of clones i i can explain cloning to 
an insanely high resolution. If you really have a conversation, you can absolutely make a female clone from a male human. Okay, we got 15 minutes. Teach us about cloning. <laughs> <laughs> well, what got us what got us kind of thinking that way is that the episode aired on the same day as the Mando the Pershing episode, and where he uh, is giving his TED talk at the beginning of the episode. And he's talking about strand casting, you know, and the combining of multiple DNAs. And then you have this, the Bad Batch, follow that up with the Bad Batch episode where, you know, she says she's her sister. So that, you know, the Lucasfilm overlaps things like this. They've done it before. They did it with Ray's healing power and Grogu in season uh, when, uh, when the movie came out and Mando was going on, you know, those two episodes aired or the movie and the episode aired the same week where Grogu heals uh, Grief Karga, and then Rey has it two days later in uh, Rise of Skywalker. And so knowing that Lucasfilm does like that, does things like that, and then seeing those two things air on the same day, we were kind of like, hmm. I'll say, but I'll say that they've done a really nice job, honestly, for by not explaining too much what they mean by their cloning tech. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of like techno babble i'll put it that way but not a lot of science um and so you, they leave it ambiguous enough to like what what do they mean what did pershing's ted talk actually say right um nothing like he was basically saying like like we can we can splice out genetic disorders or grow organs or transplant or things like that these are things that are we're right on the cusp of right now Right, we can probably cure genetic diseases if if you can get past the ethical questions about it, mm-hmm. um, and if you allow human embryonic modification to happen and things like that. But we're we're probably a generation away from having an ethical framework to actually do that correctly. And growing organ organs, yeah, we, I've I've worked with people who are working on that right now. Um, growing genetically perfect organs for transplant. That's something that I'll see in my lifetime. It's good because I need a liver. Not yet. <laughs> but um, these are these are reasonable pieces of science. I, I, it's very tempting to read into a line like, I'm your sister. Right. The clones call each other brothers. Exactly. Right, and so so what is what is Emery to Omega? Since they haven't nailed it down, she could either be a clone made in a similar fashion, a clone made to be exactly like Omega, because Omega obviously doesn't have the rapid aging thing, right? Because she's older than the Bad Batch. She's the oldest one out of all of them, and she's basically the youngest. And so maybe maybe Emery is an attempt at making an Omega with rapid aging. Hmm. Right, or something that that simple. Um, I I know we talked about her. I don't know if this episode has been posted or not because I can't remember what episode we talked about. We talked about the actor who plays Emery, mm-hmm. um, and she and Ang have done things together in the past. They've been on the same show in the past, um, and so they know each other. Um, and so I like that they have that that actual human real life connection as well so yeah i i would but but from what their actual relationship is or what she meant by sister i'd believe anything right Mm -hmm. this is this is once again my everyone needs to calm down star wars thing um 
anything would make sense the way they've set it up, honestly. Yeah. They it's become clear that they've been like fooling around with uh, cloning outside of uh, just the, what the the, the the standard Django Fett stuff. Like, I mean, there's the there's the clone who killed um, shoot the the clone assassin who had like no registry number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is he? Blank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know they're they've been doing off books cloning for uh, a while, so. You know, it's you know, it, yeah. It could it could be really like it could be anything. I love Jamie's description of that assassin clone in our recording. You described him as like a gun with the serial number filed off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's much. like a completely off the books clone. It's so it's such a perfect plot device, and we we see in Metamorphosis the alien ripoff episode where they have the Zillow Beast clone. They've been messing with cloning since early early clone wars right. right so this has been going on for almost a decade at this point yeah um yeah and i mean i mean do we all are we all in agreement that this is kind of like the i guess the project necro this is all pre-project necromancer yeah trying to bring back palpatine it eventually ends up and um Exegol, um, because in the Darth, you know, because because you do see like the the Snoke clones, and in the in the Darth Vader comic, there is actually like there are actually, if I remember right, there are floating Snokes in there. Um, I'm of the opinion that Kathleen Kennedy was fired a long time ago, and they're <laughs> the entire sequel trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> That would make a lot of sense, right? Yes, it would. <laughs> Project Necromancer is just about the movie The Necromancer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so Bad Batch season two. I think we are all are kind of on the same page. Really enjoyed it. Enjoyed the the uh, tragedy of it. The story, the story of the soldiers, and uh, thoughts on. Oh, I ahead. thought it was better than Mando. Okay. <laughs> really? That's all you're going to give me is okay. Every country. Star Wars animation is peak Star Wars. Yeah. There you go. Hashtag Star Wars animation. <laughs> I know it's um, the season gave us like the like a running joke now, so that like because um, of that episode faster. Like I now have the Vin Diesel uh, soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> and anything that I need, you know, like Matt says something stupid, you know. Um, you have to it, switch the audio on this feed. What? To, to yeah. Control yep. device. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I will say that was one of the episodes. I think uh, I was in the gym when I was listening to it, and I, I don't know, dro- almost dropped about a hundred and something pounds on my forehead. Because uh, you guys didn't <laughs> wouldn't stop playing that soundboard. Yeah. And, uh, I we we don't we hardly talk about the stuff before we record when we record. And I told I told Jamie before that he said he said something about a Vin Diesel soundboard. And I'm like, oh yeah, do that as much as you can. It'll be funny. The more you do it, like even if it's not funny, the more you do it, it'll just become a running gag. Right. And by the end of the episode, I was like, fucking stop it. <laughs> <laughs> 
watch it. It's like, I'm not stopping. I know. Yeah, that was a great episode. Um, so, yeah, um, with Bad Batch, so thoughts on kind of where they might progress with the story from this point on? It's tough. They sort of gave themselves a really nice out uh, with Pabu. Um, it's basically this, like, Shangri-La situation where it's like, like, you can go here and hide with Wanda Sykes for as long as you want. Um, and I I know Pabu is one of these things where at the time you're like, like, what's going on here? Like, why are they doing this? But they're establishing like text ability to have a relationship and I think they're giving them a, a landing zone. A place to go hide in the end. We, we don't there's always the issue when there's this series of movies out there like Jamie and I have talked about Mandalorian right like we're the Mandalores we're the Mandalorians in the sequel trilogy mm -hmm. where are they right and it's it's like you can't have you can't generate more loose ends and so what where's the bad batch like where did they end up why aren't they with Rex and wolf mm-hmm in rebels, they have to be someplace else or dead, right? And so, what if they're, what if they decide to go hang out on Papu at the end, right? Obviously, I think the a plot is going to be Mount Tantus, right? On what's the name of the planet, Jamie? It's the corporation. Wayland. Wayland. That's a uh, alien reference. Right. The yep. reference to the company and alien. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Have they so, actually named it in? Uh, canon, though, I, I mean, Wayland comes from Heir to the Empire, but have they actually said Wayland yet? I don't recall. It it showed up in my notes, so I don't remember if it was from a show or from Wikipedia. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, that, I just I'm trying to think back, and I don't know recall if I've heard it there. I remember them specifically naming Mount Tantus, but I don't remember them oh. naming the planet. According to according to uh, Wikipedia, it was first identified by name in that episode's guide on StarWars.com. Though hmm. it didn't match the prior spelling from Legends. Can you can you look up to see if I put that in there? Because it might not be right. <laughs> <laughs> Check the edit history of that page. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't falsify Wikipedia. Although I did, I am the author of the Gonky page. Nice. So you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like any any time, like something like shows up, like like when like when the one guy says shit, I like we're talking about it. You gotta make a, you gotta make yeah. a Wikipedia page for shit. That's <laughs> yeah. But I think the like I was saying, I think the A plot's gonna be all to Mount Tantus stuff. Hopefully, we get. I don't know. Like, I was really happy when Rampart died because I think that character was the perfect foil, perfect guy to set up and knock down for like a fascist government. Mm -hmm. um, and he was totally making his own bed the entire time. And like, I play a lot of chess, and like, you get a piece that's too far out on the board, you know, that's your sacrifice. Right? That's the piece you're sacrificing for space. That's what they did to him. Um, but this this Hemlock, he's not he's not just someone following orders. 
he is an origin of evil. Yeah. Right. He he. They've upgraded the villain. It's like he's not just like some guys. Be like, be like, oh, you want me to go shoot all the villagers? Sure thing. He's the guy that's saying like, if we shoot all the villagers, we can grind all their kidneys into a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. He's he's. Uh, I guess he's Mangala, right? Yeah. Exactly. I want mm-hmm. as a scientist. Is that really possible? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Enough, enough pressure. Enough pressure, yeah. <laughs> it's all carbon. <laughs> um, so yeah, and uh, Scruffy, back to your point uh, earlier, and I will agree that there has definitely been uh, some really good storylines. They've been able to go further in depth in a lot of things in Bad Batch over Mando, for sure. I mean, you know, Mando is a serial of the week kind of thing, uh, even with a season-long story. Yeah, but I just say it just to get you irritated. Oh, it doesn't irritate me. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> no. And animation is... The one cool thing about animation is you can get, you can do the stuff you can't. You can do the really super fantastic stuff. That CGI just... And practical effects just can't do. Yeah. At least not without spending, like, most of the movie's budget. Yeah. Although I will um, say the Mandalorian aerial battle in the finale, that was awesome. pretty darn that, good. That was that was really great. I yeah. I really enjoyed that, that was, scene that was where, epic. Like, where they're going down and all of a sudden all the TIE fighters come up. And then just the you know, them just dropping and Oh yeah. And then it's like and then when she's says we had a theory that she was the spy and then she's like, Lady Katan, you're you're Whatever it was, she said, your reinforcements arrived. like, oh, okay, she's a good person after all, so I don't know what's going on with the spies then. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a big red herring, I think. Um, I think that one thing that Mando Season 2 did was they, you know, Filoni and, and Favreau are a little more tied into the fan base, I think, and they were, I think they were playing with us on several things throughout the whole season, just false leads and false little things to kind of get us theorizing and pulling out the conspiracy theories and just going way overboard. I mean, the, just about everyone expected, you know, some sort of big betrayal and, and cliffhanger ending and Empire Strikes Back style ending and all sorts of stuff. And, and no, and it wasn't. And yeah. I think it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's 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 half the fun. Like, like Matt said, we've been talking over a decade you know maybe more about star wars almost every day and you're like and you know um and a lot of it was like when we didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. so it was just like wild theories back and forth back and forth and now it's the kind of the fun the fun of it exactly yeah that is i, I think everybody i think a lot of us that's what our generation kind of grew into because we had so many time periods where there wasn't star wars so Headcanon became just such a, a vital part of the fun of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're going to overlook into things. So, um, But yeah, very cool. Well, they still did it with us at the end of Bad Batch. You know, we're still talking. Is Tech dead or alive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do, I do agree with um, Brown Leader when we've talked. We were, we're launching a second show, which... I swear I'll launch this week, if not <laughs> next week. The problem is Jamie and I keep 
keep putting up a recording. We need to record our episodes. We put that first, but we're, we're launching a second show called the Club Shadow Show, where we talk about one background character every episode. When Brown Leader appeared on a recording that will be released soon, and we talked about um, an animated character who drives a taxi on Coruscant, um, and the head cannon, the value of head cannon behind these tiny characters and these mm-hmm. tiny appearances. I love headcanon. Like, Jamie and I have a folder in our Yubcast drive that has fan fiction that we've periodically worked on about different ships and things. We don't talk about the subject of the fan fiction. Um, not because it's illicit, although Jamie did write on it, so there is a lot of <laughs> in it. <laughs> but um, I, I love the idea that, that Star Wars is sort of this art project that everybody owns and part of part of the reason why fans are so engaged with it is because of everyone's headcanon right everyone has a theory about something and it's the some of the fan toxicity comes from when your theory is invalidated by something Filoni does or Lucas does or Ryan Johnson does but for me I'm just like oh okay like I don't need the Thrawn trilogy to be true for it to be fun. Mm-hmm. Like, true in, in the sense of a canonicity. Right. But we're pretty long. Do you want to skip talking about visions? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is what it is. And um, let's, uh, let's, let's jump into something real quick. We'll, we'll kind of, and then we'll, uh, as long as we're talking about animation and everything. Um, but just wanted to go kind of around the group really quick and see uh you know a lot disney more and more is bringing animated original characters over to live action so wanted to just kind of go around the group really quick and talk about some of the hits and misses you think they've done with bringing animated to live action so scruff let's start with with you all right uh i was super geek super excited to see zeb Mm-hmm. I think they did an awesome job with that. Um, what you know, obviously we haven't seen much. What was it? Probably what twenty seconds. Yeah, if that. But uh, it was it was. It looked like I expected it to look. If 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 he turned a cartoon into a real person, it looked like I expected it to look. Right down to the twitches in the face, uh, the overall appearance, and then um, one of the ones that I just can't seem to get into. Uh, pretty much the Inquisitors. That transfer to from animation to live action just didn't seem to quite cut it for me. You mean Wilson? Wilson didn't didn't yeah, hit, Wil- it, no. hit it out of the park for you? <laughs> no, Wilson. Wilson did not hit it out of the park for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't hate it. It just you know wasn't as good as I had hoped. How's that? Right. All right, uh, Matt. How about you? Um, I could be a real jerk and say Boba Fett. Boba Fett's first appearance was in the animated <laughs> short in the holiday special. Yep, Actually, it we was. We talked about that about three minutes before you before your face face popped on screen today. Yep. Yep. Our very first episode of Yubcast was reviewing that that cartoon short, and um, one of my one of my favorite favorite moments of any of our recordings um, is in that episode. Although no one's ever going to hear it. Um, because no one goes back that far as we're talking about um 
Chewie's father-in-law plugging himself into a masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That, 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 that whole... Yeah, that, that... Yeah. And I've been watching it probably every year for the last ten years. And I've seen, it, I see, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it probably a dozen times before that. It's just—it's absolutely terrible. But I—I I don't know why. Every Christmas, I feel like I gotta watch that. But, Sheer torture. Well, if if I if I like everyone else, ignore the existence of the holiday special. Um, Zeb was Zeb was a wonderful treat in Mando. It was obviously a Rangers meant for like Rangers of the. New Republic or whatever. That was a wonderful thing. But I really... I'm super excited for Ahsoka because it's basically going to be Rebel Season 5. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think Bo-Katan keeping Katie Sackhoff in that role um, and I'm not going to do the math on her age or anything. Um, keeping her in that role I think is super great. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I really like Rosario Dawson's adaptation of Ahsoka. Um, I'm not going to complain about the length of her mandrels or anything like that. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. Not that kind of fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm with you with the Inquisitors probably being a, a miss with me. Um, I didn't. I love Kenobi. I think that I've rewatched Kenobi a couple times. I think it's super rewatchable. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't love that adaptation um, of the Inquisitors. I think the actors do a fine job. It, there's just something visually about it that you're expecting to see something different. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's just it just wasn't quite there. Mm-hmm. Uh, DB, I, I'm going to take a different route on this question <clears throat> um, because the first really digitally animated character in Star Wars was Jar Jar Binks. Uh, yet when they brought Ahmad Best back in Mando, uh, he looked nothing like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> real miss. It's a real miss. It's a real miss. No, I'm 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 happy for Ahmad Best. It, it was great to see him in a oh, great yeah. role. Uh, but you know, not to beat a dead horse, but uh, the Inquisitors, yeah. And and I agree with you, Matt. The actors did a great job, but visually, I was used to the stylized uh, stuff. From Rebels, and, and and I think why didn't they just get Jason Isaacs to do it? He's got the right shaped head for it. So yeah. you know he went on that other franchise. So yeah, he did, didn't he? He did. Mm-hmm. Which franchise is that? It's Captain <laughs> <Marvel>. <laughs> we, we won't we won't set Scruffy on fire with this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, Jimmy. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to be saying anything that uh, is, is uh, different than what you guys said. Like, Ahsoka's been great because there's enough of timeline between when she's still kind of young um, to where she's more wizened. Is that how you say it? Um, you know, um, um, and, you know, Rosario Darson does a good job that you know, I can understand why they didn't give her the big, um, um, I can't remember what you call Leku? it. Is it called Leku? Or Leku, no, Leku, I think. But yeah, the big it's, overall. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's because that, like, you know, she might have neck pains for life. You know? <laughs> right. You know, you know, plus doing, you know, action. So, stylistically, 
I can understand that, you know, and and Bo-Katan, I think it was just it was just a stroke of luck, you know, um, or could you know, or, you know, maybe pre-thought that like, oh, maybe she could be in you know live action that, you know, that you know casting her as as Bo-Katan, that that she's old, you know, old enough. She's been you know done a lot of action stuff, you know, in Battlestar Galactica and like Longmire, to where like she could be. A live action version of it and she you know it was pretty seamless um and then yeah the inquisitors i just i don't i don't know what i mean i i do it's just some of the styles that i i, I get certain things you just can't do but it just seems like off like mm-hmm. the the, the could have done a better job but they decided to do something else because i see i've seen like video of like the the new fallen order game coming out and they show the grand inquisitor and he looks great mm-hmm. um so it's just like they could have I, I don't know why i mean i don't know it's because maybe they just couldn't get um that actor to look awful Maybe he's just such a good-looking guy that just, <laughs> no matter what they do, you know, he's they just can't make him look um, gross and ugly. Yeah, best we can do is volleyball. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> We're well, unfortunate. We can't see from the waist down on Jamie right now. Um, <laughs> uh, how beautiful this man is. <laughs> I, I think. Um, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. But yeah, and let's. God, that's the only ones I can and I, I know there's probably more that I'm you know that like as soon as we hang out we'll be like oh yeah yeah and that one yeah yeah um, um, but you the know the other like, one I liked was Cad Bane they did a great job with Cad Bane yes they did a blanking because you guys are don't swear they did a great job with Cad Bane like, and, and my, my favorite was everybody was complaining well he wasn't blue enough <laughs> it's like man nobody hates star wars more than a star wars fan mm-hmm. yes. yeah and mm-hmm. and though he wasn't ever in an animation he was in the comics the the um the live action version of black Crescenton was just hmm. terrifying i mean he's, he's yeah. psycho looking in the comics but they made him look horrifying like like you would you not somebody you would want to ever cross paths with yeah i didn't think it was possible to make a wookie look psycho but he looks a little he looks a little oh, psycho yeah. oh yeah yeah the whole thing with him and boba fett was kind of weird because the first time you ever see him he's working a job with boba fett so mm-hmm. but you know he's got like a scar like down like his eye that i think obi-wan gives him mm-hmm. um but i'll just say like the mandalorian fighters and the uh, the drop ships and the and like the uh, the wreckage of the city, it's just the, it translated. They they did a great job with that. You know, like it looks identical to yeah. what I was expecting. You know, from the cartoons. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I really think we've we've Jamie and I have made jokes before in previous episodes that as more more and more CGI gets used in in Star Wars, where's the line in animation and live action? Mm-hmm. Um, but. It's it's more of a, a joke question than a real question because there's still a pretty stark demarcation between Dick Van Dyke 
dancing with a cartoon penguin and a cartoon penguin movie. You know, there's right. there's still a pretty huge gap there. But but I do think overall the animation has gotten way way better in the past, even from the beginning of Clone Wars. We talk. Oh yeah. I know, Brown Leader, you sound like you're listening to the show. We talk about animation mistakes in the first season of Clone Wars that you would never make today. Mm-hmm. With, like, sounds not lining up or the lips not moving right or the belt appearing and disappearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there would be no, no explosions in space because I forgot to put them in. And them reusing shots just by reflecting the whole frame <laughs> yep. and things like that. Like, like this is this is what you're doing when you're spending fifty thousand dollars a minute, mm-hmm. and, you're, and you're not sure if you're going to get your money back. Um, it's totally different now, and the same thing for CG. The CG, even from Mando season one to Mando season three, is wildly different. Oh yes, yeah. And and AI is going to ruin it all. Like <laughs> <laughs> we made a joke recently when we're I think on our on our Ahsoka trailer thing where I said this is the last Star Wars thing's not going to be written by an AI um, and so this is where we get we finally get some depth rather than just crowd pleasing dialogue you know but we'll see yeah um, for uh, to wrap that up uh, my uh, I'm still kind of on the fence with Ahsoka and it's kind of uh, similar to the Inquisitors in the fact that you know, Ahsoka. I've I've always, I've been nervous about Ahsoka in live action because we all know how acrobatic and the physics of her fighting in animation versus uh, what is even possible in live action. Um, and I think that's kind of where I think with the Inquisitors too, part of the downfall was is they just basically walked around and acted menacing, where in you know animation they were just all over the place fighting yeah and... the thing is sorry not to interrupt no, go you, ahead. but there's go a, there's an inqu- she fights an inquisitor she fights the eighth brother in the trailer yes and that guy is like and it looks severely like it looks like highly like ac- acrobatic where like it can be done with just right camera shots right right and, and like the first episode that ahsoka was in in mando that was all really good camera work really good camera work to to, to hide everything and from a technical standpoint and yeah in the ahsoka trailer i am excited for it because even from the very beginning you see her throw her lightsabers into the ground and she uses the force to twirl them around you know which is a direct callback to animation um and yeah and the scene with the inquisitor i am looking forward to that and um i want to see where they can really go with her but i yeah with the inquisitors i think that's kind of where I think that was one of the biggest downfalls in terms of them, their representation on the screen. As for my favorite, I would probably have to go with uh, Saw Gerrera and Forrest Whitaker. Um, maybe talk about just, wow, you know, Forrest Whitaker really brought home the end of that guy's journey in terms of the madness and the, you know, and then even his scenes in um, Andor were just phenomenal you know, and his dialogue with Luthen and everything. But, um, all right, let's move on to Collection Corner. Uh, and Scruffy, you got some ICCC updates? We'll go with ICC updates, because uh, believe it or not, I only bought a couple comic books this week. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I'm a little proud of myself. My 12-step program is finally paying off. 
we we looked around at work yesterday and we, it was like 4 30 and and both dbi and, and i we were like we're we're scr- oh it's wednesday that's right it's new comic book day mm-hmm. i gotta go mm-hmm. i don't have time to hang around at that place <laughs> <laughs> all right so icc updates uh we got some a uh, couple more couple more uh kenner kenner guests coming in uh ron ruddat and freddie Tommen. Uh, Ron was brought in around 1980. He was the, uh, just as they were prepping for the uh, G.I. Joe launch, codename Operation Blastoff. Can't make that up. That is actually what they called it. Uh, so he was key in some of the G.I. Joe uh, figures and creating those uh, those toys. And then Freddie Tommen came in uh, in 1978 at 19 years old. So at 19 years old, he uh, was the key in starting to get some of the Star Wars toys moving. Uh, he developed the Hoth Ice Planet playset as well. He also worked on Ghostbusters, Jurassic Park, uh, Nerf, and Brown Leader's favorite, Strawberry Shortcake. <laughs> so, looking forward to those guys being there. So, uh, besides Star Wars, I loved G.I. Joe growing up. I love those figures. Uh, if I didn't have such a massive Star Wars collection, I'd probably have a G.I. Joe collection going too. Is that toy designer the one that decided to use a rubber band to hold the torso together? Yeah, unfortunately, yes. Uh, I have uh, three. Fi- I actually still have three GI Joe figures, and all three of them need a need a rubber band in there. <laughs> yeah, find out why their crotch breaks so easily. <laughs> that that is one of the biggest broken. Their biggest uh, biggest problems. That yep, I got a really cool figure, but he's got a broken crotch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look that up. Uh, all right, ICC updates. Uh, they released the uh, limited edition lightsabers. Uh, we have one as one of two hundred. Uh, this is pretty cool lightsaber, not themed after anybody in any particular character. And then the other lightsaber is one of fifty. There's only going to be fifty there, and that is actually Kane and Jarrus's lightsaber. Because uh, we have the whole crew from Rebels coming in, and that one looks pretty sweet. So. Uh, as, uh, as of yesterday, there are only seven tables left, vendor tables left, so it's filling up fast. And we are 35 days, 11 hours, 26 minutes, and 57 seconds away. But nice. who's counting? <laughs> nice. So they that convention has really grown this year. Uh, they, went, they were at the Sheraton uh, in Nashville last year, and this year they are pretty much taking over the uh, state fairgrounds. Yep. Yeah, the old fairgrounds. The state fairgrounds with the new buildings that are built. They also are renting businesses located all the way around it. And it's uh, that convention is just growing heads and tails. And they, we were telling Matt before you got on, Jamie. There, uh, there. Last year they had a bunch of the they had a bunch of the big voice actors from Clone Wars, which was really cool. And this year it is a Rebel reunion, Rebels, and they've got all the major voice actors from Rebels. Uh, except for Chopper, so it's which uh, is uh, pretty darn cool. I think that's going to be a fun, fun show to oh, see. Oh, collection corner. Okay, yeah, I did pre-order my autographs yesterday, so I guess you could call that part of my collection corner. Hence the reason why I could, didn't have any more money to spend. Because wow, did that get out of control fast? <laughs> feeling we won't, a little, we won't discuss that. Feeling a little FOMO about ICCC. I don't. I haven't been to a convention in a decade, but I've been looking into it because you guys talk about it. 
and I'm just like, like you know, Nashville's not that far from me. Mm. But it's like, and I have a cousin that lives there, so I could probably just crash on his couch. Like, but uh, I probably couldn't get away from work. Mm. Oh, you gotta try, man. We'll be there. It's gonna be epic. It's a good show. It's a lot of fun. They're really good with. Uh, um, the, those guys picked up VIP passes. I'm going in. They they do free press passes for podcasts, and uh, if you sign up in time, and which is kind of cool. And uh, I get I get almost as much access as the VIP does in terms of where I can go and how early I can get in and, and things like that. So, um, and everybody there is just super nice. It, it's a good. It's a it's a fun show. Yeah, I've been. It's been a while for me since I've been to one. Um, the one we have here and where I live, it it was like it was kind of like a hidden gem for a while, and then it just kind of got out of hand. And it's not like not like uh, San Diego like levels, but it just you could you could just go there, pick up some graphic novels, and and, and you know like meet some cool uh, you know, like maybe some upcoming you know actors or up and coming artists and. And the last time I was there, it was just like, it was all like fidget spinners and like boxes of just random stuff that you just buy and then you get a Charizard or or, 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 or something. And then it was just kind of like, I just kind of got off put. Like, and I had a friend or a mutual friend of ours uh, that he was a photographer and he would talk about all, you know, because he was the guy who does the pictures. Um, and like how cool it was, how cool every, you know everybody was. Yeah. Um, e- even the guy who played uh, Peck in Ghostbusters, apparently that guy is pretty cool. Um, oh, awesome. But it's just like, yeah, I just didn't. I don't know. It's just like the kind of the magic was gone for me. But I, I like I want to, I want to go back mm-hmm. because there's there's nothing more nerdy than a self-loathing nerd who doesn't want to be around other nerds <laughs> because. The, <laughs> Because they reflect, yeah, yep, what you hate about yourself, yep. Because yes. they're free to just do whatever you, you know. Uh huh. They'll go and dress up as you know, like Sephiroth or whatever, and but you're like too like stuck up to do anything cool like that. So you just kind of look and you're like, mm. you're like, oh, I hate it here. So many nerds. I see. <laughs> yeah you, you and i need to talk later we got we need some, we need some therapy here <laughs> yeah um i triple c is great because they're they keep out all the corporate sponsorships he doesn't he's been they keep trying to buy his convention off of him but he's like he brings the price points down on a lot of things like his vendor tables so he can be uh more people can afford the tables and then he can pick and choose and he's not stuck with tables of fidget spinners and things like that and um he really he, michael havens is the guy that organizes it he does a fantastic job just it's he's a super fan himself he's a huge collector he's got his own uh, ic toy store he runs the imperial commissary on facebook which is how it all started which is all original toys um 77 to 86 and uh it's just he's a super fan himself so that's what he's put together as a con for fans and that's why it's just so much fun um going there and uh yeah it, it's you don't have it's, the yeah and it sounds cool i would have to like only bring like a like a, a like a, a prepaid credit card because if i had any any of my like credit cards that i would just like you know like my wife would just be like <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. you know like oh i've bought this one action figure what's going to stop me from buying just another and another and then you know yep, yep. then i'm shipping oh. things back home oh um, i know 
Yeah, I yeah. know. Scruffy knows all too well. Yeah, all and the beauty of it is... Saying, don't buy any more Dulocs, Matt. You don't need any more Dulocs. <laughs> <laughs> this is an intervention about your Dulocs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, last year it was really cool. Like, And some of the people, they just have out on the main floor. We turned the corner and there was Timothy's on. Not behind pipe and drape, not behind ropes. We could walk right up to him and talk to him and... And we did. And we did. And he signed our stuff and took pictures with us and right out on the main floor. No tickets necessary, no nothing. So, I mean, it was just, that's the kind of show it is. It's, it's just a lot of fun. But let's go around real quick. Uh, DB, have you added anything to your collection recently? Uh, no, I had to go back into my self-imposed uh, moratorium on spending, although I did receive uh, two six-inch Return of the Jedi Boba Fetts that I ordered forever ago. Uh, they finally came in, and I have them on the shelf behind me. But other than that, uh, I'm, I'm saving. I'm saving with, what, five weeks till the convention, and I'm I'm going to spend a lot of money there. That's right. That's right. Uh, Matt, Jamie, have you guys added anything recently? Jamie, you go first. I'll go first because mine will be short. <laughs> um, I got these. Matt sent me these uh, two oh, yeah. uh, tiki's. Tiki's. That I, uh, for my birthday because I was just like when he, sh when he showed me the pictures of those I'm like those are the coolest things I've ever seen in my life <laughs> those then, are pretty sweet and then um, I'm really trying not to buy more of them because there is a ton you can get of those um, <laughs> my my other kind of obsession takes up a lot of my money but my sister bought me uh, Fallen Order, the new Fallen Order game Oh, nice! Um, so it's ready to uh, it should be downloaded and ready to play and next week awesome um, so i'm super excited on that cool. yeah i'm i really want to play that bad uh matt yeah so i'm sort of unmoored from reality from like a financial <laughs> point of view <laughs> um i've been focused like i was so excited for mandalorian season three um I started focusing on one-to-one -one props, and so I got a Mando helmet, I got a container, I got a, I got the one-to-one -one Grogu statue from the Big Bad Toy Store, or whatever, the sideshow one. Um, and then when the Anzellan showed up, I got the one-to-one -one scale Babu Frick. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. want that so bad. I just don't know where the heck I'd put that. Oh yeah. This this is a this is a, a message I got from Matt. I may have drunk bought a salacious crumb last night. <laughs> it's, it's on the shelf. <laughs> uh, I got I had an unfortunate argument with my wife, and I was like, "Fine, I'll sleep in the basement and watch Star Wars all night." <laughs> just took a bottle of whiskey down in the basement, and I was just like, "Like, I'm just gonna watch Bad Batch all night." Yeah. And I was watching Bad Batch, and I woke up with like half a glass of whiskey, <laughs> and my phone opened to eBay, and I'm like, "Hmm." <laughs> <laughs> no, I gotta, I gotta, yeah, to get the slacious crumb that sits on your shoulder. It's oh, got like nice. a magnet; it sits on. Um, under your shirt, and then uh, I've been doing my my big project right now is uh, I've been trying to make a lot of progress on R two, so I'm building that one to one scale R two ro completely robotic R two, um, and 
I've just been dumping a ton of time into that. I have most of the parts, and so I think in the next month he'll be rolling around and have all the servos in his head to like open and close the panels on his dome. Oh, cool. So my my Star Wars is whenever I get the itch to buy something that isn't just a three and three quarter inch mm-hmm. vintage collection on Hasbro Pulse app on my phone, which I, I do buy all of the vintage collection stuff. Just just reaction. Just log in a couple times a week and just buy whatever new vintage thing is in there. <laughs> so they're like fourteen bucks and it's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. A couple couple of those a month is never gonna bankrupt me. But the R2 is sort of my pacifier right now. That and painting the battle droid, which that's I guess cool. head right here still. That's cool. I just want the head. <laughs> that is awesome. That is yeah. very cool. So I, I always tell my wife, it's like it could be worse, but but my I there's a there's a time when for my birthday my wife took me to one of my favorite breweries. We live out in the DC area, we but we drove out to Virginia to this brewery that's owned by a friend of mine. I just love it, but it's almost an hour drive. And we were there and she said something like like I'll drive home so if you want to have another beer or two you can and I was texting Jamie at the time and I was like never has a spouse so severely miscalculated <laughs> ever since she said you can do whatever you want with the basement <laughs> that's great that's great um, well cool uh, I have not added anything myself uh, although the Mrs. Brown Leader uh, was shopping through the uh, after Easter Christmas or after Easter Christmas after Easter candy uh, which is all marked down at the stores and she brought me a, a chocolate and uh, I'm just calling it my suka um, but chocolate Easter egg uh, she surprises me <laughs> surprises me with little things like that when I'm supposed to be eating healthy so um, yeah mm-hmm so She's all right for that life insurance to kick in i know right we just we just upped it too she gets me to up it every year i wonder why so now we know uh, yep yep i think she made me max it out this year now i'm starting to connect the dots all right uh so uh well guys it's been a joy to have you on it really has been uh we've uh, been about a year since we had you on we should have you on more than that honestly um but uh yeah, tell all of our listeners where they can find you guys. Um, so uh, our podcast is called Yubcast. We we just recorded our 82nd episode, um, but we launched almost five years ago, but we took almost two and we were off almost for half of that time. Um, we basically just review cartoons. And so we, we have a little segment up top that's about 20 minutes where we talk about whatever's bothering us about Star Wars this week. And then we systematically review all the cartoons going all the way back to 1978. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Yubcast, or if you hate the show, you can email us at NutriVaderProductions at gmail.com. I definitely monitor that and respond to all my hate mail. <laughs> we'll see Nirvana executives telling me to go eat it. All right. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, guys, it's been a joy having you on. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Also looking forward to the Glup Shido show coming out uh, really soon. And uh, if you uh, want to find out anything about our show, Hyperspace Heroes, just listen to the outro that I may have 
modeled after somebody else's outro. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you guys inspired me so much with yours that we finally put one together and we've been running it for a few episodes now. But, um, but yeah, just listen to the outro, get all of our details in. Uh, we'd love to hear from the listeners. And yeah, with that, I think we'll call it a night. And uh, uh, once again, enjoyed having you guys on tonight. Uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, with that, we're going to get out of here. This is Brown Leader signing off for the crew, and you have been listening to Hyperspace Heroes. That's, That's no, no moon. Hyperspace Heroes podcast can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and most other podcast services. If we are not on your service of choice, let us know. To leave your five-star review, just click on the review button on your podcast service of choice and praise us to the maximum character limit available. To contact the show to comment, ask a question, suggest a conversation topic, or just to tell us how handsome we are, you can send us a DM on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You can also email us at brownsquadron at gmail.com. Star Wars, its characters, shows, movies, books, etc. You get it. Our properties of Lucasfilm and Disney. Hyperspace Heroes Podcast has no affiliation with Lucasfilm and Disney, although we would very much like to. Hyperspace Heroes Podcast comments and opinions are ours alone and the show is for entertainment purposes only. This is so we cannot be held liable when we say something dumb. If you're still listening at this point, we would like to say thank you for joining us on this exposition into a galaxy far, far away, and we appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you'll share the show with other fans and that you'll tune in again for the next episode. Hyperspace Heroes Podcast, The Legend of Brown Squadron. That's no moon! Sorry, he burped.